Coming up next on 2NURFM, it's Thursday Finance with Stephen Pritchard joining me, Jane Klein. We're going to look at the magic of compounding. We're also going to have our market snapshot with Henry Jennings and we'll take a look at currencies and uh, commodities as well. And Stephen Pritchard joining me, Jane Klein. And uh, Stephen, just before we look at currencies and commodities, the RBA, the Reserve Bank of Australia, met, of course, this week, being the first week of the month, and they decided to leave the rates where they were. Yes, they, they surprisingly, they left the uh, interest rates um, where they currently are, so the cash rate's still at an all-time low, though. But um, so you say that was a surprise? Uh, most people thought the rates, including me, were going to were going to drop again. Um, I, I think you'll see they will drop again, but uh, obviously the RBA is not as uh, anxious to put them down as is. I mean, th- there's a trade-off they're making between trying to stimulate the economy by putting the interest rates down, and unfortunately, it's having the effect of, uh, particularly in Sydney, of uh, pushing the um, housing prices up, and the RBA is getting very concerned about that as well. But, of course, a lot of our listeners, are, um, the, the, the downside of this is that the, the housing interest rates are, are, are dropping. Um, they're continuing to drop despite what the RBA is doing. You know, as I said earlier, it's not that difficult to get a, a, a loan now at, at you know, the, the 4.5%, around the 4.5%. But, of course, the opposite side of that is that they're paying less on their um, term deposits, and their um, fixed interest and um, their call accounts um, basically get ma- almost nothing on a call account now, and your term deposits, you know, three percent if you're lucky. Which isn't all that good for people who retired. Not that good for retired. people who are yeah. retired. Yeah. Mm. So Henry's going to talk a bit more about that later too, I think. Mm. So, and then over the week, um, interesting, the the Australian dollar was up up marginally against the. The US dollar, we were, you know, by 0.3%. So that's all good for you people going overseas, I suppose. Um, the great British pound, uh, we're up against the pound as well. And, but, um, down against the NZ dollar and, um, the Canadian dollar and, uh, up against the euro. Surprisingly, it's probably because the euro is falling against everything else as the financial crisis seems to be erupting in Greece again. Oh. Oh, yes. Oh, oh. And commodities, well, um, gold was up marginally, um, silver was down, uh, copper was up, which is once again a sign of um, activity, and the uh, nickel price was down, and the tin price is down, which might have been a reaction to that show on Four Corners oh. about tin mining in... The old word, did you say that? No, yes. but I dare say they're not doing the right thing by the third world and, countries. And, you, know, they, mm. um, you know, they investigated Apple's supply chain and went back to basically uh, um, unpleasant areas in, in Indonesia of all countries. Yes, so, um, and the world stock market index, um, the, the Australian index was, was down on the week. Um, one stage we looked like getting 6,000, but but, you know, that's kind of fallen away a bit. Well, we're um, hanging out for that, aren't we? Ah, oh, we'll get there. It's just a matter of time. Um, the, the US index was down again. Um, the Dow index was down 0.7. Um, the, the, the UK index was down 0.2. And uh, Hang Seng, which is the, the um, Hong Kong index, was down 1.2. So overall around the world, the, the equity markets were down a bit. And, um, but surprisingly, the oil price was up 2.7% on the week. Another surprise. Another surprise. And already are we seeing that at the Bowser? Well, we're definitely seeing that at the Bowser. The price in Newcastle is up seven cents on the week, which is um, 
which is, uh, what's that? That's probably about 6% for the week. Not a bad change. And, but interestingly enough, the price of oil, of unleaded in Sydney, which is the first time I've actually seen this, is higher than Newcastle. So the price in Sydney of unleaded was a dollar thirty-four as of this morning, and it was a dollar thirty in Newcastle. So we're four cents below Sydney, which is I haven't seen that. So we stay here with our cars. We don't travel to Sydney yet. Well, it'll be interesting to see how long that lasts. It'll be interesting to see how long. And the, and the price of diesel um, that 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 didn't basically move dollar um, thirty last week and a dollar thirty later this week. Okay, so that's where we notice it, isn't it? The, at the uh, petrol bowser. At the bowser, yes. The we do rely bowser. on our cars. Particularly for people who've got cars that consume a lot of fuel. Mm, mm, yes, and if you're travelling long distances, that's the kind of car you probably need to make it comfortable. And comfort- a lot of people around this area, because of the lack of public transport, use, use their motor vehicles a lot more than you would in um, Sydney, for example. So we're further disadvantaged. Thursday Finance for our sponsor, Pritchard and & Partners. And Stephen Pritchard, it is our market snapshot time with Henry Jennings joining us. Henry, what's happening on the uh, market in this nice autumn morning? Um, well, we're down a little bit. Good morning to your, uh, or good afternoon to your listeners. We're down a bit today. We were down a bit yesterday and we're down a little bit today. The market is uh, doing a little bit of uh, backing and filling. We've had a, a pretty much a meteoric rise since towards the end of January where the market was trundling around 5,300 and now we're at uh, nearly 5,900 having nearly touched 6,000 the other day so we are having a little bit of profit taking there are also a lot of companies at the moment going ex-dividend which is when they pay the dividends to the shareholders and as a result they lose that dividend in the share price so it does take away a little bit of the impetus to be long some of these shares so we've seen things like Rio's have come down 3 or $4 in the last few days due to the Dividend and uh, various other factors as well. Yes, I mean we've had a we've had a we've had a good run up and and um, you know, we're just you know falling backwards a bit before the next run up to six thousand, no doubt. Well, that, that would appear to be the uh, the script, although um, scripts are there to be torn up and rewritten. So, but certainly that the market did look pretty much set on uh, coasting through six thousand uh, last week, but it has sort of stalled a little bit this week. Yeah, and there was a bit of a surprise this week with the interest rates, I thought. I thought that... Well, it was a little bit of a surprise. I mean, I, I guess that um, the RBA has a has a history of somewhat um, uh, of, of sort of a conservative approach to their, their interest rate policies, and they, they have stayed pretty much on the sidelines for a long, long time. And then they surprised us uh, last time in February with, with a rate cut, um, which was sort of a bit somewhat leaked. Um, and the economists and the analysts were going for another rate cut um, due to the history of sort of um, the RBA always following one with another. But they have have stayed pat. So at the moment, we uh, we had no rate cut Tuesday, which was a little bit disappointing, and that did certainly knock some of the wind out of the market sales, as I think everyone was was hoping that they were going to um, stimulate the economy again with another rate cut. But I, I think the traditional um, cutting of interest rates isn't stimulating the economy like it used to. No, I think that's I think that's right, and I think the corporates have been reducing their borrowings as well. So it, it, it doesn't have as big an effect on their on their profitability. The, the drop in the no, rates. No, well, it's a, I mean, at the end of the day, only a third of uh, of households in Australia have a mortgage, 
um, and two-thirds don't. Uh, and one of those thirds does rely on interest income to uh, to live with uh, self-funded retirees and various other people. So um, interest rate cuts are good for some, but not always good for others. And talking of leak, there was some concern about some abnormal <laughs> trading shortly before the uh, announcement came out. I understand ASIC's looking at it. Um, yes, it was very strange. The, the announcements from the RBA always come out on the dot of two two thirty, um, but this time at two twenty nine, I was watching on my screen. Um, suddenly, the the Aussie dollar um, had a big um, big punch up in, in price, and so um, that would sort of lead to suspicions that maybe somebody knew that the RBA wasn't going to cut rates and had jumped in that minute beforehand before everybody else jumped in and try to make a lot of money. FX is quite a, a hard um, market to manipulate because it's quite a liquid and, and uh, it requires a lot of money. So you have to be pretty confident to give it a fair nudge on the way up or on the, on the way down. Um, so it does seem as if there's something to, uh, to be looked at and investigated. Well, if you've got to use a, a fair nudge of money, it should be really easy for ASIC to track it down. Then. You reckon? Well... One would think so. Anyhow, we'll get off that topic. Um, so the, one of the issues with the RBA mentioned the, the concern about housing prices, in particular in um, in glorious Sydney, where, you, where I know you live. So mm. they, they're apparently continuing to uh, go ever higher. Well, they are continuing to go ever higher, but I, you know, certainly from, uh, I don't know about... Newcastle and those sorts of environs. You know, Sydney is is a is a is a strange place in that uh, the, the the property price rises that we've had have been very very concentrated in certain areas. Usually those areas that are close to uh, railway, light railway, um, universities, schools, infrastructure. Um, so it's been very much concentrated on the inner west. Um, and to an extent the eastern suburbs and uh, lower North Shore, which has done very well. Where I live up on the northern beaches, which is probably closer to Gosford than it is to Sydney as the crow flies, um, you know, we have certainly haven't seen those uh, massive price rises. Um, so, you know, it's, it's very much uh, different pockets have done very well, and it's certainly very much the investors and the overseas buyers, despite uh, all the denials, it, it most certainly is. And this week we saw, um, I guess, the, the, the mother of all overseas buyers who bought a, uh, I think it was a Point Piper mansion for yes. $39 million. Yes. It was a Chinese businessman who has been told by Joe Hockey that he has done that illegally and yes. he has to sell the house within 90 days. I was actually saw that and I was thinking of perhaps going and offering a, a million dollars for it or something and well, you're know, the only buyer. You're a little bit behind me, Stephen. I've, I've, I've you're up for a million and a half. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. To NURFM, it's 28 to 1, and this is Thursday Finance for our sponsor, Pritchard and & Partners, and Stephen, Stephen Pritchard, we're in the middle of our market snapshot with Henry Jennings. Henry, we're back. We are back, Stephen. So do you think you'll get your offer accepted? Um, on the house, yes. I, I, I suspect there might be some a few other some stronger hunters. competition yes. for that $39 million house, but... Uh, Yes, it's certainly um, a, a good shot across the bows to uh, to overseas uh, buyers, I guess, to uh, to make sure they get their their paperwork and their approvals in order. Well, they can't get approval, basically. Well, you you can still get FIRB approval if you if you're buying something, but it's unlikely. What's FIRB? Foreign Investment Review Board. Right. You have so. to. Yeah. So you, basically, on residential property, you have to be a a citizen or a permanent resident 
And then after if, that, if you've got, if you're a 26 year old billionaire from China, I reckon it's not that difficult to become a citizen of Australia. Uh, you can get it under the five million SIV. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the new 15 million one. Yeah. So, so, but I think this is probably just the tip of the iceberg. I think, I think there's hundreds of these transactions that have never been. Oh, I, I think undoubtedly. I think uh, there's an awful lot of um, kids that come here from overseas that uh, get uh, get some sort of access to uh, their family money and, and do and the family does buy them uh, houses or apartments in Sydney. A lot of coming on those um, student study visas. Yeah, and that's because there's no actual you know, there's no actual checks at the land titles office. So, no. You know, well, no. Yeah. Anyhow, something interesting that um, something seems to be happening at Santos. There's a new um, chairman. Yes, there does seem to be uh, there's trouble at Mill, as they say. There does seem to be uh, some disagreement between the uh, the old chairman and uh, and, uh, and the management, and as a result, Santos have, have been under some pressure, as uh, as most oil companies have. But I guess they've been under more pressure than most in terms of um, in terms of stuff because they are in the middle of a you know, massive um, LNG project um so it's it's been it's been quite hard for them i guess um and there has been some disagreement with um an equity raising potentially in in the pipeline so um yeah outgoing chairman ken border who i used to work with many years ago um back in deutsche bank days um seems to not be getting on too well with his uh, chief exec david knox so um yeah, interesting times ahead well, for all un- companies. It's, it's unusual for the chairman to go. It's usually the uh, the uh, chief executive. Yeah, well, I, you know, Ken's probably got quite a lot of money. Okay. And he probably wants to enjoy it. Fair enough. <laughs> and um, and we've got some issues at Woolworths as well. You know. Uh, we do have some issues at Woolies. I mean, they're, they're one of our uh, biggest blue chip companies and sought after by uh, private mum and dad investors for, uh, for a variety of reasons, including the yield. And up till very recently, they were considered a growth stock, I guess. Yep. Um, but they have sort of tripped a little bit. Management does seem to have taken its eye off the ball to some extent um, in terms of um, they've, they've had a, a quite an expensive foray into the hardware market, which yes. you know is pretty much dominated by Bunnings and to an extent Mitre 10 um, and they've set up a, a chain called Masters in combination with a US partner which has been bleeding them red ink and I think one of the problems is that they've taken their eye off the ball to try and stem the red ink which does seem to be happening but in the meantime they seem to be uh, um, losing out big time to uh, to Coles at the moment so uh, which is their core business so the stock dropped from uh, sort of 34 bucks to under $30 uh, on the back of their results and has very much been under the cosh in the last few days, um, struggling to uh, to sort of reinvigorate itself. There's been some management changes and they're hoping that they're going to turn things around, but um, we shall see. Yeah, I mean, I, they say they're losing market share to coals, but, but up here in Newcastle there's quite a number of sites where you've got coals and Woolworths almost next door to each other and the Woolworths store always seems busier. You know, at Westfield, Katara, at Market Town, the Woolworths store, you know, seems to have multitude more customers in than the coal store. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, certainly from my experience, you know, we have both around where I live and uh, Woolies seems to have more, but, um, yeah, they, they mm. definitely are being squeezed and they're, they're talking about lowering prices, which will hit margins, obviously, yep. um, and therefore profitability. So the stock has kind of gone into that 
dodgy growth basket, whether yeah. um, whether it is a growth stock or whether it's just a boring defensive yeah. uh, retail. And I think one of the, the other big problems, of course, is that Aldi and uh, various other new supermarket chains like IGA, which is not that new, but maybe they're getting their act together, yeah. I don't know. Um, but certainly Aldi is, is, is eating a little bit of their lunch, mainly because as these big supermarkets like Coles and Woolies go to uh, in-house brands, um, you, you start to lose your love affair with with the brand, yeah. and once you lose your love affair with the brand, then it's much easier for Aldi, who have brands that we don't know, to uh, to start eating away at your uh, your margins ah, and your business. That's right. I mean, Woolworths is you know Woolworths and Coles are squeezing the brands' products out, but you know, and putting their own brands in. But you know, mm. what's the difference between Woolworths Select or whatever it is, and and Aldi and Coles brand, whatever that is, about two dollars usually. Yeah, well, you know. It's probably all coming out the same factory. It's yes, I mean that, that that's the uh, that's one of the issues I think they have. So it's all very well, and, and we saw this with the UK with Tesco's. They went very much everything was a Tesco's brand, but um, you know once, once the customer sort of loses loses a bit of faith in your brand or other people compete with their brands, it's um, it's hard mm. it's harder work. And then. Um, Grain Corp, you know, Grain Corp's interesting, it seems interesting to me. I mean, the, the price came back. They're, they've announced a, a, a expectation that profits next year will be lower, and, and yet the share price continues to drift upwards. Yeah, well, I, you know, I guess there is a, um, there is a potential, um, for, um, another takeover play, I guess. Maybe maybe that's in the back of investors' minds, but certainly, you know, food assets are uh, yeah. in, in in strong demand. We've certainly seen that with um, with things like Bega and Warnable and those sorts of things. So it's it's possible we've had one tilt at Grain Corp, which was knocked back. But as we know, with this uh, incumbent uh, bunch of adults in Canberra, um, you know, policy changes by the hour. Could be different so, tomorrow. So you know, yeah. it's a bit like Melbourne weather. And a lot of the food, the food stocks uh, have also increased, as you said. I mean, Capilano's just keeps going up. Yeah, that's uh, been sweet, though. Yeah, yeah, sweet as their products. Yep. And of course, one of the other stocks we spoke about last week. Quickly, we need to just mention APA is proposing to um, build a, or is proposing to build this pipeline between the Northern Territory and the. the, the yeah. It's going to be one long pipeline. They're talking about a thousand-kilometre pipeline pumping gas from the Northern Territory into uh, Mumba, which would then service uh, New South Wales and Queensland. And as, as probably people are aware, there is going to be something of a gas shortage um, in New South Wales and Queensland going forward, mainly because a lot of the gas that we're, we're producing um, is going to be sold out of Gladstone and other ports through these new LNG products to Asia for much higher prices. So as a result, there's not going to be an awful lot to go around for domestic people. And while we still have uh, a moratorium on CSG fracking uh, in New South Wales, um, various other places, then it's going to make it harder for people to find new uh, pockets of gas. So they are looking for uh, for the gas coming out of the uh, the Browse Basin and various other parts of of uh, offshore Northwest Australia um, to feed into New South Wales and Queensland. Okay, thanks for that, Henry. This is Thursday Finance and Stephen Pritchard with us. We do it for our sponsor, Pritchard and Partners, and we're very happy to take your calls, 49216216, to get your question on things financial through to Stephen today. 
In the meantime, though, Stephen, we're looking at the road to financial security and we're looking at the magic of compounding. Yes, one, one of the most—it's magic. It's magic. <laughs> one of the most important things that, that's often underlooked is, is is the effect that compounding your returns can have over a period of time. Um, you know, this is what achieve, This is what allows you to start with a relatively small amount of money and end up with a considerable amount of money sometime down the track. And I, I've done a couple of—we've um, done a couple of maths examples here just to, to demonstrate. So, so that if you if you have a you've got a newborn child and you, you want them to um, end up with a million dollars, for example. So, if 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 you put a hundred dollars a month away. Um, and it earns 8% per annum, which, which, you know, the equity market will return 8% per annum. Um, and, and so by the time they're 21, so putting this $100 a month away for them and, and investing it, by the time they're 21, they'll have um, $65,000. And that's working on a compound. That's what it's working on. So the total amount you would have put in is... Twenty-five thousand two hundred, and the total return over the period is thirty-nine thousand, thirty-nine thousand dollars. Well, that's not to be sneezed at. Not to be sneezed at. So if you, that's just from putting a hundred dollars a week in from the time that oh, sorry, hundred dollars a month, not a week. You'd have a lot more if you put a week. A um, hundred dollars a month in from the time they're born to the time they're twenty-one, and we're assuming that it earns eight percent. Now, if the child then decides that. Um, yes, well, they're not going to go and spend this money on, on buying a new car or something, but just, but just leaves it where it was and, and it continues to earn the 8%. So that by the time, and this really shows the power of compounding, by the time they're 55 when they want to retire, um, this, this, this money, this $100 a week, $100 a month that you put in from the, from the time they were born to 21, will be worth $978,380. That's almost a million. Almost a million. So the total amount that would have been put in by yourselves as a, as a capital investment over the 21 years would have been 25200 And the total return they would have earned over this period, assuming the 8%, they, they would have got 958 953,108. As a return. As a return. And, and that just shows that, you know, by putting a small amount aside, a relatively small amount aside, um, and allowing it to compound up and not, not taking out and spending it, um, you can, you can end up with a considerable amount of money. And that's without putting any extra contributions in? Not after from the time, the not, not from 21. the time they were 21. Mm. Not from the time of the 21. That is magic. You're right. Yes. So, yeah, we, we, we did another quick example. So if you wanted to start a bit later um, and, and you, you wish to have um, a million dollars when you retired. So if you were 30 and decided that you wanted a million dollars when you retired, and this just shows how much the difference is you have to, by the, t- the time makes, you'd have to put aside, a, so between the time you were 30 and 55, you'd have to save 1,050 a month, and assuming it earned um, 8% again, at the end of that 25 years, you would have accumulated a million dollars. Okay, so that's starting at age 30. Yep. And putting a thousand fifty in, so you're putting you know ten times the amount of money in. Yes. And yes. you're saving for twenty five years, and not. 
Yes. Not the 21. Yes. Um, um, to get to your million dollars. And, and the difference is, is purely the, the, the time that the money's compounding along. Of course, that's over the long term, and so much of life is, is instant gratification. Uh, yes, but you'd surprise how many clients we come in and, and, and want to know what they can do for their for their newborn child or grandchild, and 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 you know, someone of a moderate means, um, you know, a hundred dollars a month isn't really that much anymore. Six minutes away from the one o'clock news on 2NURFM, Thursday Finance for our sponsor Pritchard and Partners. And Stephen Pritchard, just the mention of tax because the end of the tax year is probably not all that far away, June, the end of June. Yeah, so we've got four months. So what sorts of I things? Think, I think, you know, you need to start thinking about doing a bit of tax planning. Don't leave it to the last week in June, as a lot of people do. And, um, you know, we've probably had some good profits that we've made on the share market this year. Um, if you've got anything that, um, that, that hasn't been so good and you've realised some profits, you know, the old thing is to see what you might want to sell and realise some losses so, you know, you don't sit there paying tax on realised gains and have these unrealised losses that um, you can't offset. Um, and, of course, then you need to look at your super. Um, you, you know, you can contribute up to 35000 subject to certain rules and get a tax deduction for that. Um, but once again, you know, you need to have the $35,000 in cash. So, you know, you've got four months to think about where you can get the 35000 in cash if you want a tax deduction. And, of course, there's also the... Um, Undeducted contributions that you can that you can put in so that the earnings are in a tax advantage environment. Um, so that's one other um, thing you might want to think about. Super whether you want to put some money, undeducted contribu- un, non-deductible contributions in as well to take advantage of the tax for tax concessional environment. Super, and of course, if you want your super fund to become um, the earnings in the super fund to be tax free, you need to make sure that you've drawn out your minimum. Um, pension amount, or for those who haven't got a pension, um, think about commencing a pension, particularly if you're over 60, a transitional to, transition to retirement pension in the current year before the 30th of June. Good advice. Thank you, Stephen. Thanks, Jane. That's Thursday Finance for today. Back next Thursday after the 12 o'clock news on 2NURFM. News coming up and in about three minutes' time, and then Julian Campbell with business, the law, and you.